I like with Jason on this though. It's how is f- trying to widen the market for oh, comics yeah. Yeah. a bad thing? Yeah, exactly. I think that showing loyalty to retailers, although retailers are great and they're amazing and all that stuff, yeah. I think showing loyalty to retailers and by doing that, not you know going into other markets. I think it's a bad thing. You know, digital comics have proven to be only good for the comic industry, right? And retailers kind of hated them at first. Um, Everyone thought that it was the end of retailers. Yeah. And yet, yeah. here we are, and they're... More people are reading comics mm-hmm. now than ever. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that these... So the Walmart exclusives that DC has, I'm sure that they would only... They were only able to get those into Walmart by making them exclusives with Walmart and, and doing those new stories with Tom King and Brian Bendis and these other big names. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if you're DC, do you choose, oh, okay, well, never mind. If they have to be exclusives, we don't get our comics into Walmart. Or, yes, we do an exclusive book that's mostly reprints with yeah. one new story. Uh, all reprints, 12 pages of new content. That's it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so, to me, that it's an advertisement to retailers mm-hmm. of like, oh, do you want the rest of these? Are you into this stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah, you could keep coming here to Walmart, but the the fountain, the true source, yeah. is back you know, on, right. on DC.com, in comic shops, Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Like, they're... They're not shouting about how they hate Barnes and Noble. What if no. Barnes and Noble got an exclusive? Yeah, that's shit. awesome. No, exactly, and that, that's the point. Is like you know, it's like Shonen Jump. So yeah, the next part of the story is in the next volume. Yeah, of it. Right. and there's right, right. Batman series. There's a Teen Titans yeah. series. There's Justice League. So they put they put a 12 page exclusive in the front by a oh, team like crap. Bendis and Darrington or King and and Kubert. And then the rest is 20-page reprints. They do, like, I think five stories per issue. Yeah. And, like, this, it's solid stuff. It's, like, their best stuff. But it's all reprints that they're putting into these uh, that have been out for years and years and yeah. years. And so there's only 12 pages a month that the retailers aren't getting. And they could easily... They'll probably collect co- that. Collect it and send it to retailers yeah. eventually. So why are you crying so much? This yeah, is, exactly. like, an incredible way to deliver it. Yeah. It's, it's show it's, and jump. It's, it's what we've... I feel like the like comics like fans cereal. have been asking it's for like it. It's cereal... Magazine. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it. yeah, it totally is. No, it's it's, and I think it's what readers have been asking for for a long time. Absolutely, is, is that you know this is the way that you grow comics. Like the first comics I read were Shonen Jump, you know yeah. something that was at the grocery store that was really cheap and had all. You begged your mom to buy it for you. Totally, and it had a lot of bang for the buck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for whatever the five, I think it was five dollars as well for Shonen Jump. You know your your parents will get that for you just to shut you up, and then you can spend an entire fucking month on that thing, like rereading it with Shonen Jump. I would try and color it myself because they were black and white, and so I'd like take <laughs> the colored pencils and start coloring. I thought it was like a coloring book. Um, <laughs> this coloring book's the best. Yeah. it's got some cool stories. Yeah, and the best drawings. It's not just like a teddy bear. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I was like trying to color like Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that Holy with shit. my colored pencils. <laughs> yeah, so it was like I I could I could really get a lot of mileage out of like one Shonen Jump. You know, absolutely. And I, kids as well. I think always and and i think a lot of kids will be learning to draw from these because that's i learned to draw from shonen jump like that was the first thing that i started like drawing from um but either way like my my whole point here is like this grows the industry you know this you know keeps people reading comics and finds new audiences finds new audiences yeah Um, breaks new ground yeah and and it's it's I, I just, I, I think that, like, you know, the retailers, I get it from a selfish perspective. The retailers want to keep all of that money within their thing. And I understand it. If you're a business owner, you want to do anything you can to keep the business coming into your your store. But, you know, the, the, the grander perspective of keeping comics alive, like, comics will die if we just stick to retailers. If we just stick to comic book retailers, the industry will die with its fans. 
you know, because because kids aren't really going into comic book stores unless they have some form of entry beforehand. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and hopefully something like this leads to kids going into comic book stores or leads to them signing up for DC on, you know, uh, DC Universe or whatever. But it's 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 nothing but good. The film know? industry isn't enough to carry the comic industry. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's also like in, in the film industry, definitely like it, it carries, you know, the money that, that these companies make off of developing these this IP is, is enough for sure. But, yeah, you know, I look at it as, you know, the movie industry, if, if movies were just in theaters you know, then, then it would be a pretty small amount of people that was seeing movies constantly. Like there would never be enough support for this industry to make these $500 million movies, you know, like infinity war wouldn't be made if it was only the box office results, keeping these movies alive. You know what I mean? And I I look at it the same way, like, you know, comic book stores are the movie theaters of comics. Like that's, that's that specific way, but that's not the only way we watch movies. You know, we watch it on Netflix, we, we get it on home video, like, there's a lot of different distribution models. Um, so anyway, I don't know. But do, do you know one place the comics are, are uh, regularly distributed to? You guys know? Mm, no. The Savage Land! Have we been recording? Yeah. We're yeah. <laughs> live right now. Yeah, every time that you like moved your mic away, I was like, Ugh. but it's okay. <laughs> it's I thought we were just up. talking. No, it's all, you know, it's it's that's that's the point. You got me. <laughs> We've been had. Uh, welcome back to the Savage Land. My name is Jason, and uh, uh, with me today are a couple of special guests coming all the way over from a little place called Comics Out Loud. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? You first. Me first. Uh, my name's Ken Heilman. I have been on the show before. You have. You were on the show last episode. Oh, well, there you go. I'm back again. This is Ken Heilman, and I'm a comic book writer-artist. Uh, but today I'm here to plug, not my comic, Scariest and Screamforth, but uh, Comics Out Loud with my buddy Colin here. Colin, introduce yourself. My name's Colin. I'm a comic writer. Um, I'm also on comic books, uh, Comics Out Loud. Uh, nice. I do the voice of Shaggy. The voice of Shaggy on Comics Out Loud, <laughs> also known as Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm. Uh, yes. Before we get into all of our content today, tell tell the the lovely people at home what uh, Comics Out Loud is about. Is this our first time pitching? This is our first time pitching. Yeah. We don't really have the elevator pitch down right it's now. It's all good. Uh, is, let's, let's do this. Let's get rough. All right. Here we go. Uh, Comics Out Loud, pitch one. It's... Like Zoink Scoop. It's like this... This Instagram thing where we we look at comic pages and we just do whatever voices we think of. Johnny, no. Settle down. We're gonna we're going too fast. They don't know what's happening. No! We are not going too fast! We are going just the pace that we should! Alright, I guess. Just just our guess. Uh, you've had enough now. Sit down. Sit I haven't, down. I haven't heard Sue in this conversation. Where's where's Sue Storm? <laughs> I'm sorry I was late to the party. I'm Susan Storm from Comics Out Loud. <laughs> so, uh, and I'll, I'll help on this pitch here. Uh, was please. that enough of a pitch? <laughs> That's <laughs> usually what we say to all executives. Is something about that. Yeah, we, we walked into Warner Brothers and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> 
Now give us give us money. <laughs> yeah, just that. So Comics Out Loud is uh, uh, Kent, Colin, and a uh, rotating uh, sort of spectrum of guests uh, reading out uh, classic comics uh, to their readers. So they started with uh, Fantastic Four... 48. 48, which is uh, The Coming the of Galactus. The Coming of Galactus. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> nice. Uh, we haven't made that joke yet. <laughs> I mean, I think why haven't we made that joke? I yet? think it's too. I think it's I don't too think low. Anyone brow. has said on the. Well, no, I'm, that's fine. Brow for me, but no one has said the coming of Galactus. It's just a title. But yeah, I guess we. You could have when you read the title. You could have thrown in could, a yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, hindsight. It's 2020. Uh, That's but, one we could put in the old pocket and use for later. There you go. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but it, Comics Out Loud is, is Kent and Colin, and, and uh, they're, they're, they're fabulous friends uh, reading uh, the, the old classic silver and golden age comics uh, in, in lovely voices like the Maybe ones you heard stuff. just now. Maybe some 90s stuff. There might, there might be some 90s stuff at some point. Some really extreme stuff. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I... Kent told me about it, and I was like, oh, that's that's kind of fun. That's cool. And then I watched the first video on Instagram and laughed my ass off um, without Kent that. even being in the room. I wasn't, like, sitting there under <laughs> duress, you know, laughing for his for his sake. Uh, no, it legitimately made me laugh out loud. So you should definitely check out uh, Comics Out Loud on Instagram. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, we're clear it's a parody for... Yeah, we'll I feel it, like yes. that's how most people get into it. Is we <laughs> we give them that pitch, and they're like, that sounds lame. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and then they it's watch a it. Weird. It's a little weird, and then you watch it, and most people seemed uh, pretty into it. It's yeah. a fun, it's a fun, fun, fun parody. Um, well, thank you for having us uh, here on the Savage Land, Jason. Dude, of course, absolutely. Did you guys hear what Ewan McGregor's up to lately? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what antics is he getting into now? <laughs> oh boy, wacky Ewan McGregor is that a Ewan McGregor? <laughs> uh, he is. Uh, he's going to be the Black Mask in um, the Birds of Prey film. What? Oh, oh I yeah. might have heard that. Are they going to be doing a synthetic mask, or are they doing Green Goblin, Sam Raimi? I, I assume that they will do some form of, like, crazy face mask. Um, who knows? Maybe he's even just the voice, uh, and they just oh. have some fucking poor stunt guy sitting there. I, I hope that he's actually Black Mask and, like, he's wearing the suit or whatever. Um, Is Black Mask uh, originally, like, something happened to him, like, kind of like Two-Face, or I th- is it a mask? I mean, I his think name it was is like a mask, mask that got like melded to his face or something gotcha. like that. I don't. I actually don't Ew, know weird. Black Mask's origin story. I know that uh, he was in the. It was probably both. It was probably just a mask before, and then someone was like, "This is boring. Let's do some more stuff. Spice then, it up. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Let's probably. meld it to his face. If you Google Black Mask, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people with like makeup tutorials uh, about some sort of baby smooth skin shills Black Mask demo plus review. So we could watch those. If you guys want to, and that'd be that'd be kind of a fun little thing that's related to this. Um, but in terms of the uh, the fictional uh, origin story of Black Mask, uh, something. There's something. Yeah, something about his parents' hypocrisy had deep impact on Ronan or Roman. Sorry, his name's Roman, and uh, he grew to resent them and the masks they wore in public. Get it? Because they're different. Uh, ah, it's about society. It's about society. Uh, and something, something about chemists. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what? Failed line of, okay. Roman lacked his father's business acumen and eventually ruined, uh, something cosmetics by funding a failed line of face paint makeup. 
Desperate. This is like the, this no literally ties into those videos way. that we saw just barely. No way. Uh, desperate. Roman had the staff chemists create a product that was rushed to the market without proper testing, uh, disfiguring several hundred women, uh, which is also like the story of my dating life. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, oh, uh, uh, now Roman's uh, fiance uh, broke up with him in front of his entire staff. Aww. That's so Can I come to work today? I've got something to tell you. <laughs> this can't possibly wait till the end of your shift. Yeah. <laughs> no. Or a no. phone call. Uh, Bruce Wayne, now the head of Wayne Enterprises, uh, offered to bail out his cosmetics company on the condition that Roman give up control and allowed Wayne to appoint his own board of directors. Uh, let's see. Humiliated and furious, uh, Roman broke into the cemetery where his parents were buried for some reason. To I Bruce feel- Wayne's parents? No, where, where Roman's parents Roman's were Roman's parents. Okay. Which I feel like well, is understandable, to be honest. Okay, okay. I would do that. I would do the same thing in my workplace. I do that every Wednesday. That happened. Um, <laughs> seconds before he could unlock the Sayonis crypt, however, a lightning bolt struck him, blasting the door open and hurling Roman face first into a nearby stone. Uh, Roman, yes. Roman took this incident as an omen of his rebirth. That's a weird way to interpret yeah, it. I, I hate when that happens. Yeah, I'm like, that's, like you just, you just got blasted by a bolt of lightning and smashed your head into a gravestone. I don't think that's a moment of rebirth. I think that's uh, like when you go to a hospital. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm for reborn. Sure. I mean, maybe it's like your brain damaged now, so it is kind of like a different part of your life. It's a new chapter. I go. feel like I, I might have like a, a rethink my life moment if I got hit by a fucking lightning bolt. <laughs> trying to break into something? And sh- slammed into a rock. Yeah, trying to break into a tomb. Fair. That's fair. Now, crime. Maybe it's time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, it's Maybe time. not crime, but it's time to rethink things. Like, <laughs> um, So Roman took this as an omen of his rebirth and entered the crypt, smashing his father's ebony caskets with the stone that he hit his fucking head into. Uh, <laughs> and This hit me. Now it hits you. <laughs> and using its shattered pieces to carve a skull-like mask, starting a new life as the crime lord black. This sounds like you? comics out loud. It sounds kind of weird. It sounds like pitch. something that we made up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, late at night when we had too much wine, mm-hmm. and that's what the conclusion yeah. that we came up with. And then he carves skulls into his dad's <laughs> casket because he's dead. No, no, no. Get this. Get this. He gets no. struck by a lightning bolt. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and so oh, now he has so lightning weird. powers. No, <laughs> no, definitely not. He not just has powers. an ugly face. <laughs> Still uses a gun, former makeup. Uh, He's just your run-in-the-mill criminal. But with a weird face. <laughs> but he got struck by lightning for some reason. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. That's a that's a that's a real that's a thing. Uh but Ewan McGregor, I mean that's that's pretty fun casting, right? I, sounds good. I mean it's Obi-Juan. Obi-Juan! Hello there. Hello th- Hello, Hello there. there. Whoa, <laughs> jinx! <laughs> thinks i owe you a star wars movie um <laughs> i owe you uh, an obi-wan prequel movie yeah uh speaking of uh star wars though which uh which uh ewan mcgregor was in uh there's some star wars there's some star wars things coming out in the world uh namely uh star wars the mandalorian uh, dude plus i saw I, some stills yeah i'm Oof. very excited about this do you think so i i can't remember what um what the specifics were? On, I don't like, know the specifics. It's it's something about so I obviously so I know it's John Favreau. John Favreau is and it's going to be on Disney's streaming platform, mm-hmm. and that's about how far my knowledge goes with this. And the streaming platform you were saying earlier today is Disney Disney Plus Plus, okay. really right. generic, generic name. 
It really is. <laughs> like, oh, okay. You would have figured that they could come up with something better. Could have come, yeah, like, yeah, the, the Mickey Mouse's Spank Bank or something. Like, I think that that... <laughs> that All right, that's already taken. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call the, the back room at every Disney store. <laughs> um, oh, man, the logo even sucks for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, yeah, they, they, they actually have, a, like, a ton of content that they're pushing into this thing. So it's not coming out for um god it's not coming out until i think fall of 2019 uh so they're wow okay building up their shit for a while um they're doing the mandalorian uh ran by john favreau um and dave filoni is also involved he was like the big director that did a bunch of he did well he did uh clone wars yep and he did uh rebels too Mm -hmm. right which rebels was awesome rebels was dope i actually also liked clone wars a lot i did too and like he did a good job, and so what I heard, and I, I'm not like Go super ahead. knowledgeable about this, but I heard that he was like pretty much uh, George Lucas's protege when he came into Clone Wars. Interesting. And um, basically, George Lucas was able to kind of give him the rundown on like this is where I want the stories to go, huh. and he took that and ran a million miles with it. It's almost like he's making a team that can help him make his vision instead of him trying to do it well, by himself. Yeah. <laughs> he did it the he did it at the time, yeah, but now he's not involved. Thank God. Um <laughs> yeah. Filoni Filoni left Nickelodeon after George Lucas offered him a job uh, helping him develop a Star Wars animated series while Star Wars whilst on the Star Wars show Filoni revealed that he originally believed he was being pranked when given the Star Wars job. So there's a fun little <laughs> fact about dave filoni uh i would think the same thing i'd be like oh, you're yeah. joking right yeah george lucas approaches you like hey i want you to work for me you want to come over and make a star wars cartoon i was just thinking that maybe uh you are the right man for this job <laughs> faster more intense um uh yeah so the, the the mandalorian series the only thing we really know about it is that it's after the fall of the empire and before the uh, resurgence of, or the before the emergence of the the First Order, and it follows a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. So he doesn't have of, a name yet, Fett. It, it, I don't think it's Boba Fett. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm just, oh yeah, I'm you're, just you're like kidding. it's Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett. It's Boba Fett. <laughs> it very well could be. I mean, although, but the 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 screenshot, you know, I mean, it's it's a Boba Fett costume, but it's you know, it's one of the other Mandalorian costumes, so it it's doesn't a Mandal- look the same. Yeah, yeah. minus but, the the satellite dish tv dish attached to his helmet yeah though it like it's a dbz scouter that he has on his uh, yeah, yeah. dragon ball Z sc- yeah, yeah exactly um <laughs> i wonder yeah does it does did his costume not have the antenna it doesn't have it doesn't antenna. no it's it's free from the scouter how streamlined of them right? he does have like a dope ass like shotgun on his back though and that's kind of cool <laughs> it's pretty sweet but he doesn't have to read people's power yeah. levels i actually i don't think he has a jetpack dog I think this guy's a jetpackless, which which I bet this this seems like kind of a Western sort of. It could be like a tiny jetpack, you know, like like the mm, iPhone like a small, four, sexy, efficient yeah. jetpack. Yeah, I before got they before Apple went with the pluses. Yeah, before they were like, well, plus size is a is a is a new thing, and we want to be inclusive, so now we have plus size phones, which Disney also followed suit with. They have a plus size app now. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I'm I'm very I'm very excited for the Mandalorian. I think that'll be a really interesting series. Looks great. It looks good. I hope they do it like a western. You know, I hope that it's like a really kind of like Firefly esque. Like even more. Ooh. I hope it's like more like The Unforgiven. But then you just throw ooh. some like you know some shit into it. Like you throw some yeah. space shit. 
Um, cause I, I would love it to just be like full blown, like, I don't, I don't want to say gritty cause gritty is like a dumb term now, but the like man with no name, but in space. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, just like have this, this lone gunfighter just going out doing some fucking bounties. Maybe he's got a personal vendetta. I don't know, man. Absolutely. Not every Mandalorian has to be a bounty hunter, but like they yeah, all I'm need to kill like, people. They really do have a, yeah. a notch job. Imagine it's an entire planet just of bounty hunters, you know, <laughs> you know, another planet, they're all accountants. <laughs> I was going to say like, what if it's like, he's, he's like a Mandalorian, but he like sells insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like these are the these are the Fostelarians, and uh, they're known for being garbage people. They 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 t- they collect garbage, all of them. They're they're really good at it, they're and they're bread. also all due on their rent. So you <laughs> yeah. gotta go get it. Um, in addition to that, it's not the only Star Wars show. Uh, There's more? Yes, there are there are more coming to Disney Plus size uh, on uh, November eighth, twenty eighteen, which is like hot off the presses for us. This is like three days ago, guys. We're we're on the razor's edge of this news. Breaking. Uh, it was announced that a live action prequel prequel series was officially development uh, and set to air on Disney Plus. It will take place before the events of Rogue One and focus on Cassian Andor, with Diego Luna reprising the role. Oh, I heard about this. I did hear about this. Yeah interesting that is I'm, very I'm, interesting so it's a prequel of a prequel yeah it's well, and, a, and a postquel of the prequels <laughs> i don't like that you said that <laughs> you're welcome i disagree <laughs> uh I think I, that's character. very interesting i don't know if this was needed but i could be down for it depending on who's doing it K2SO, is that a psychic? Yeah. K2SO. Yeah. Uh, if you throw that in there, I'm signing. Uh, I'm in. The That's thing fair. that I really liked about him as a character in Star Wars was, like, he was fighting for the Rebellion, but, like, he had no problem just, like, shooting, shooting that guy, guy in the, back. the alleyway. Yeah, I thought no that was which made him yeah, extremely interesting. Like, from the get-go, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, I want to pay attention to this guy. That was the best moment in his arc is, is yeah, just when you're like, oh, fuck, like, this guy... Cause, it, cause possible. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not in... It, like, in terms of the world of narrative, it's not this new thing, but in the in the world of Star Wars, it is kind of new to have a, a protagonist that's like, yeah, no, I'll just kill somebody if they're also, risking like, my it, it gave you agenda. some really interesting insight to, like, what was at stake with the Rebellion Definitely. was, like, it's not just altruistic people who are fighting against this, mm-hmm. you know, giant... You have a lot of people dark on the shadow. Spectrum. Yeah, there's there's dark people in the yeah, rebellion too. Definitely, and we've never seen a character like that in Star Wars. That's and a good point. That's a good point because yeah, I guess yeah, in this series you do it does allow you to to show like the cost of the greater good type of thing. Like, absolutely, show this guy doing some some depraved shit to accomplish something good. Right. Right. Love okay. You 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 know you've got me more on board with this. Um, uh, in other news for Disney Plus size, uh, we have three uh marvel tv series in development uh whoa and these are not like oh agents of shield where like every once in a while a marvel character shows up but it's all these like weird people and (laughs) but it's really just csi yeah (laughs) and like the movies don't care about this continuity in the slightest you know or even the netflix shows where it's like oh these are fun and cool and gritty and stuff but also inconsequential in the grand scheme of things right uh what they are doing these three series all have actors from the avengers movies Okay. The one that I'm most excited for is uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Are they having separate shows or shared shows? Uh, Or, sorry, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier are the same show. Thank God. 
because okay. I thought I'd heard something about that, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why would you split them up? They've got the cap thing, and they've got so <clears throat> yeah. much to work with there, of it, like a shared history of a past and present sidekicks of Captain America, but then doing their own show. That right. Great. Yeah, right. and there's I think the the thing that everyone's latching onto is like the the moment when they're in the slug bug and Steve kisses uh, yes. Agent Thirteen. Yeah, that, that's great because because it, it's right away and same with like the when they're chasing down Spider Man and they have this little back and forth like they have a fun dynamic. So I'd love to see like a. I don't know, like a Lethal Weapon or like Miami Vice style like <laughs> team up show with those two. I think it'd be so That'd dope. That'd be awesome, right? I think they because they, they they have a great dynamic. It's like Bucky's kind of like Bucky seems like he's he's just like he's the person who's like more haunted, like straight laced or whatever, right? And, and that fits for Sebastian Stan. And then you can have Anthony Mackie slash Sam Wilson be like the crazy off the wall comedy guy, which he is, like right, right. You know, in in real life and as an actor. Um, yeah, this seems perfect, but it's got to be complete with like quaffed '80s hair. Oh, definitely. Like, we have God. To have can you hair. imagine Bucky with like with like <laughs> just, motley crew yeah. hair, just like <laughs> like chips, <sighs> just like yeah, do perfect. it in the style of um. Oh fuck! What was that movie with Tom Cruise? The musical movie that was like all about '80s rock opera. Um, oh, oh fuck! He played his character's name was Stacy Dash. You, no. no, his character was Stacy Dash. It was a musical. It was about a rock opera. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember it either. Either way, we should pitch this rock of ages. Uh, Bucky Chips thing to WB. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm in. <laughs> you just start screaming. We've already. We've already tried. They already so know who we why, are. Why not take another swing at yeah, it? Yeah. No. Take another swing, dude. Um, another series they have is Loki, starring Tom Hiddleston. I heard about this one too. Ooh. Loki's up to more mischief. Who knows if it's a prequel? Who knows if it's a sequel? Who knows if it's a a, a during quel? What did you call it before a, a post quel? A post quel. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll stick to it. Every sequel from now on is going to be called a post quel. Post quel. Either that or the post quel is the thing that goes in between two movies. You know, if it's like you got a you got a movie and then it had a sequel, but then they set something in between the two, that's a post quel. It almost sounds like if the postal service were to like go bankrupt, then the, <laughs> the new one that comes out. The post they use quills yeah. instead yeah. of like computers. It's like a weird or two-headed eagle that Guardians, has their logo. It would be Guardians of the Galaxy after Chris Pratt leaves. Post quill, post quill. There you go. Um, so the Loki one that that should be interesting. I mean, obviously that would require quite a budget, uh, which the, I'm sure they're ready to give it if they're hiring Tom Hiddleston for it. Um, and then uh, Scarlet Witch as well is getting her own little TV show. Really? So this is kind of replacing all the conversation about maybe her getting a movie. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, Black Widow's still getting a movie. I don't think anyone was necessarily talking about a Scarlet Witch movie. Oh, sorry. not that I heard. It's the you get Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. Yeah, yeah. I figured that's where you were going. <laughs> yeah, I was like, huh, huh, uh, okay, so wait, who's getting the show? Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Go with that. Okay. <laughs> happens to the best of us. Uh, yeah, this one, I mean, I... I like Scarlet Witch as a character, like in the comics, but there's. I, it feels like there hasn't been a ton given to her in the movies. Yeah. Um, other than like, oh, her and Vision are in love, but he's a robot. Um, and that's kind of fun. But, uh, and I mean, obviously she's sad about her brother dying or whatever, but um, I mean, who knows? Maybe in this series she gets really sad and brings her brother back to life and then has to deal with a super fast zombie. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be fun. I, I think that'd be great to bring back her brother and then them having a show together would be yeah well either that or it's just her having to deal with the fact that she brought him back from the dead but he's not quite the same way as he was and he's super fast and now it's really hard to contain him maybe he's, he's fast post, maybe he's post post-resurrection or he's just a zombie so i'm like re- really like really behind uh i have not seen uh the new avengers movie yet okay is scarlet witch in that yeah okay. she's in infinity war yeah, yeah okay yeah. cool that might be the one storyline that i haven't heard about okay Spoilers. Yeah, she didn't. They didn't really give her tons to do in Infinity War. 
Which which like crew of people was she with? Oh, she she went off on her own with Vision. That's where she was. Okay. They were in like Scotland and then Vision. Yeah. And then the thing. Yeah. Uh, I won't spoil anything, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, did, I already know everything that happens. <laughs> um, that's those are three interesting uh, uh, series. I think that that's going to get a lot of people to sign up. Um, uh, Star Wars plus Avengers, Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's yeah, swinging for the fences. Yeah, yeah. Plus, they're developing a lot. Boring. Of yeah, I know. <laughs> and they're taking so. Oh, actually, Clone Wars is getting a season seven as well. That's that's going on there. right. They're finally tying up everything from Clone Wars. Speaking of Dave Filoni, is he attached to that? I would assume so. Uh, that's I I, I I would be shocked if he wasn't. Um, I'll I'll look though, but uh, yeah, you know they're they're taking this app seriously, and I think that they are. Um, they are capitalizing where I think Warner Brothers maybe isn't on their DC app. I, 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 as much as I love having the DC app, I do still think that a Warner Brothers app would have been much smarter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that, but with this is exactly the reason why is because you know they are going, Disney's going. Look, like we've got, we don't just have Marvel, we don't just have Star Wars, we don't just have Pixar, we got all of them plus more. Right, and right, Disney. and Disney. You know, like. We have a lot of stuff that we can put into whatever app we make, so let's do that. And I think maybe Warner is like kind of thinking like, oh, we can capitalize and have like two different apps at the same time. We can have a DC app and then an everything else Warner Brothers app. And then nobody gets either. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, that's that's my worry. And I mean, you know, in terms of like my general, and obviously like I know nothing about it, but like my general sort of like, uh, I've, I've kind of tried to calculate numbers and see like what number they would have to hit to make this app profitable with the budgets that they're giving all these shows, it does seem reasonable that the DC Universe app can be profitable. Um, it seems somewhat reasonable, and I'm sure that they feel the same way, obviously, otherwise they wouldn't have done it. But it's still, in terms of like long-term profitability and stuff like that, I don't know if one episode of new programming per week is enough to really like get people wanting to sign up for the DC app. I'm on it. I like it a lot. And I think Titans is a great show, and I think that the shows are only going to get better. Um, do you prefer. are a very core DC fan, though. And that's the point. Because I, I, I'm not positive if the just, you know, core comic book fans are going to be enough to push it over the edge. I'd be in the demo where I would, like, give it a try. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like like you said, like, I, I, I don't know if that would be enough to, like, get me fully committed to... Uh, like whatever. How are they base it? Like, yeah, I might try like you know a thirty day trial or something. Yeah, but and it, I think yeah. if it were Warner Brothers, of course I would be like, you know, I'm, yeah, because then all of a sudden yeah. it's like you have Animaniacs and you have Mad Max and you have Harry Potter and you have you know all of the all many of the things, things that Warner Brothers has done that are not just the DC stuff. And granted, there's a lot of DC stuff out there. You know, like right. there's a lot of shit in that. They, app. They've beating the shit out of marvel as far as like television shows oh for sure go, in terms so. of like hours of content based on things yeah yeah DC they've got a lot of stuff yeah and all they... yeah all the animated movies like yeah everything. oh my god there's how many of those a year and i've barely oh, seen yeah. and they continue to run circles and they're really them. good yeah absolutely and they them. yeah there was there were definitely like a few years where the animated movies dropped off in quality a bit but in in the last couple of years they've really kind of i think stepped it back up um and they're and they're putting out good stuff again and like the you know they I think they kind of refunded some of their animated movie uh, departments 
in preparation for this app because they're doing, you know, basically all of their original animated movies now are going straight to the app rather than like straight to DVD. Right. Um, and so I think they're, they're taking them a little more seriously than they did for a few years. Uh, and the next few that they had are, are looking pretty exciting. I can't remember off the top of my head what they were, but I can look them up. Um, so, so for the app, uh, it's DC universe uh-huh. and it's including shows, movies, mm-hmm. uh, and they're doing comics. Do you think Marvel and Disney ever plans to merge the Marvel comics? Marvel Unlimited with, uh, yeah. with Disney Plus? I hope. I think that would be great. At the very least, it'd be great if they did it kind of the way that you're... like that. So for me, I, I have YouTube Red, and I only have YouTube Red because I was paying for Google Play Music. Mm. Um, and basically what they did is they were just like, look, if you have a Google Play Music partnership, you also get YouTube Red, and if you have a YouTube Red part, uh, uh, membership, you also get Google Play Music. Um, oh wow! I could see Disney doing a similar thing, where it's like if you have Disney Plus, you also get Marvel Unlimited, and if you have Marvel Unlimited, you also get Disney Plus. I think oh, that'd be smart. God. I think it's smart. That That's that really gets smart. me uh, across the line. Of yeah, wanting to try it. Likewise, um, I I personally because I, I and I, I I I would hope that they would just integrate it. Honestly, yeah. Um, because the nice thing is, and and what DC has done with DC Universe is like if you watch like a Titans episode or whatever. In your recommended feed, it's it'll be like, hey, you know, if you liked that, like, here's some comics that you might want to read, as well as some other shows. Ooh, uh, that's movies. cool. It's really that's cool. really cool. I would be pretty stoked to see that if I'm watching Netflix and the next thing that pops up is the like comic watching Daredevil, and they're yeah. like, yes. you should, yeah, you should read more like this, yeah. heavily based on this run of comics. Totally. Right, right. I think oh be, my god. Yeah, I think that would be fantastic. Um, and and I DC Universe has done a good job of that. I think their user interface could definitely use some work, um, but. I think they've done a good job of that, and I hope that Disney and Marvel do something similar um, with theirs. Because, because in terms of yeah, like keeping you in the ecosystem, I think there's a lot of strengths with uh, DCU. DC Universe has Titans. What other uh, is Titans, the only is show? Their, Titans is the current one that's that's coming out. Um, it's getting a second season, and I think there are five episodes in right now. Um, I'm like one episode behind. Um, the next show uh, is Doom Patrol, as well as season three of Young Justice. Um, Doom Patrol looks like it's going to be f- just insane. I, mm. I can't wait for Doom Patrol. Um, they're also doing a Swamp Thing live action series. Ooh. Oh my god. Say again. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they, they have, I can tell. Yeah. They have the right people behind it. Um, uh, go on. Yeah. Totally. So, uh, Mark Verheiden, who was the showrunner on Ash vs. Evil Dead, I believe. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. As Solid well, start. Yeah. As well as uh, the executive producer of the Constantine TV show that I thought was underrated. Okay. Yeah. He was also a writer on Daredevil. Okay. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, he was also on Battlestar Galactica. I think he was uh, one of the uh-huh. co-EPs <laughs> on Battlestar Galactica. Mama, help me. So he's he's one of the uh, showrunners. Uh, and the other was uh, the, he was uh, the, I think, co-writer of It, the movie. Okay. Wow. You just knocked it out of mm-hmm. the park right there. As well as, We're just, like, going, yeah. uh, you know, victory lap. Right that was now. a slam yeah. dunk. As well as The Nun. Uh, All right, and right. Annabelle and uh it chapter two and the unco- upcoming annabelle film so, so it's have... a perfect choice to be- bring somebody who has that kind of like a horror background mm-hmm. into horror and Swamp comic Thing. books yeah yeah absolutely and so you have you have one guy that's very and also mark verheiden the guy who i was mentioning uh the first guy i mentioned he was also a comic book writer um he uh had written uh a few things i'm, I'm trying to remember um yeah time cop the mask some teen titan stuff um 
uh da, 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 maxi series uh around the phantom um like he's he's definitely a comic guy he worked on um smallville as well uh and so those two guys you got a horror guy a comic book guy and executive producing the series you know he's not a showrunner but he's executive producer is james wan who oh james wan i'm not familiar with james. uh he was the guy who uh, did he he wrote and directed saw right yeah so he and created then... saw yeah, so he's Holy in charge shit. of the Saw franchise as well as Insidious and, Insidious. and the Conjuring. So he, like a lot oh, of the, the con- okay, that's uh, Rhino's the name. Fun, yummy horror that's coming out. Yep. like James Wan is kind of like the yeah, the and guy. he's yeah, he's like the big executive producer now for like horror movies, yeah. especially low budget ones. And he also directed Furious Seven, uh, which I think is the best that's Fast right. and Furious movie. There, it was awesome. It was amazing. It was um, it was super. That fun. franchise has become my favorite superhero franchise um, because that's what it is. It is, yeah. Vin Diesel <laughs> and the you Rock can just jump from a moving semi truck that's mm-hmm. going like seventy miles an hour mm-hmm. and somehow just like somersault into the open window of a Corvette. Like, yeah. you're a superhero. It's amazing. Uh, the other thing that he's doing, which is about to come out, is Aquaman. So James Wan directed that's right. Aquaman. That's right. I didn't know that. So you have a guy, an executive producer, the guy who helped develop the show is both horror and comic books, and then you have two co-showrunners who are comic books and horror, and it's getting a pretty high budget from what I hear, uh, and they are not using uh, CGI for Swamp Thing. They're using a practical costume. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sure they will enhance it with CGI. That's I'm sure totally there will be VFX to enhance uh, it, please. but the costume is there, you know? That's... If the listeners could see, like, Kent's legs, he's got goosebumps, (laughs) his hairs are standing up, like, he's really excited. Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing, it sounds like it'll be incredible. Doom Patrol looks awesome. They actually just introduced the Doom Patrol in Titans. Um, Oh my god, they're they're doing, like, a shared universe mm -hmm. thing? Yeah, so the the Doom Patrol was introduced in Titans, and they served, basically their purpose was... So that they could send Beast Boy over to the Titans and then also introduce the Doom Patrol for the series, you know? Oh, okay. Um, And so, and the cast for Doom Patrol is pretty nuts, actually. I don't know if you guys have heard the cast. No, no, I haven't heard anything. (laughs) Brendan Fraser is playing Robot Man. No way. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm great with that. Yeah. That's fine. Alan Tudyk. I'm on board. Alan Tudyk is playing Mr. Nobody. Wash? Wash? Yeah. Yep. Alan Tudyk's Mr. Nobody. Matt Bomer plays Negative Man. Okay. Negative, negative man. Who's Matt Bomer again? Matt Bomer was the guy from like Suits. He's he's that one dude that's really attractive. Oh, that's re- yeah. Nope. <laughs> now that you said that, I, yeah, that brought it back into my memory. Yeah. Um. He's, All you have to say is the guy that's really attractive. Yeah. Yep. Got him. Yeah. He's he's a very attractive man. He was like almost Clark Kent, and he was almost Bruce Wayne, and neither one ever happened. Right. Um. But he's he's playing negative man, who's the guy with the bandages and sunglasses. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He's invisible, mm-hmm. but like he has like a weird like negative energy. Right. Um, so we're gonna take the really attractive guy and put bandages on him. Mm-hmm. Cover his face. Well, they also yeah. have there's there's also like you know flashback scenes. Gotcha. Yeah, and also it makes Brennan him Fraser elusive. Robot man. It makes him seductive. Yeah. Guess who's playing the chief though? I oh, I just saw it. I just saw it. Timothy Dalton. T. Dalt. No fucking <laughs> yeah. way. They brought Timothy Dalton back. <laughs> That's incredible. Wonderful. Wonderful choice. Who doesn't love Timmy? Old Timmy. Uh, Timmy. A lot of people. People Uh, who watch primarily James Bond movies. (laughs) 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 But Rocketeer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know, right? Primarily James Bond movies. Yeah. He's great in Rocketeer. Yep. Uh, And the rest rest of their cast is great, like uh, April Bowlby playing um, uh, Rita. Uh, There's there's, there's just... it's, it's, It's a good cast, man um they they recast a couple of the roles from titans like titans had a couple of different roles than 
than the people who end up playing them in Doom Patrol, but it's fine. Um, That's, yeah, I don't care about that. Jeff Johns yeah. is also uh, show running a sw- uh, Star Girl. TV show on DC Universe? Uh, of course he is. Okay. And that's a, that's a character that he created. I'm stoked for that. I don't know who Jeff Johns is. Do you not? No, I do. Oh, it was okay. a I was joke. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, we just lost like, half yeah. our audience. <laughs> Get ready. Get ready for me to, to learn you something. Um, yeah, it's the first show that Jeff Johns has show run, and it's, it's you know, a character that he created. Yeah. Uh, that's very personal to him, based partially on his very sister. Very cool. And so it's really cool. And then uh, they're doing a Harley Quinn comedy animated series, but like adult comedy. Okay. Oh, so it's like that Deadpool, Deadpool animated series that right, never happened. Right. Um, it's, it seems yeah. like DC's making good moves. They're just being really slow about it. They're yeah. also bold moves. Like I feel like with the with the um, cinematic universe, they they were kind of playing it safe, and now it so seems like they're safe. moving more into the territory that like mm-hmm. Marvel did with. Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like uh we're taking the gloves off uh we're doing whatever we want especially with uh what you said with um the swamp thing totally that sounds awesome yeah and I, I think that you know their best move is to is to start going in the sort of unexpected directions like the Shazam movie I think looks really really cool it does it, look it, really really cool I'm actually hopefully I really want that to be good yeah and it it looks better than I thought. It's still once you planted that casting in my mind, I'm never gonna. Oh, John up. Cena! I know. John Cena as Shazam. So <laughs> I, know. I would have loved to see John Cena as Shazam against against The Rock as. as now Rock I'm Adam. sad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to let go of that. He's so good he's at being adult... a hulking man with childlike wonder. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. When when I was like oh, John Cena, I don't really see it, and then you're like, but. Is he not always just but full of really happiness? Work. And yeah. Like, yeah, does he seem like he's stoked like a kid? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, oh yeah. my god, exactly. Could have easily done great. it. But I, I take exactly away Levi's from doing a good job. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It looks it looks fine, and he looks like he has a great time. But also then the fact that it's it's not him actually. There's like yeah, a, a muscle, muscle suit. suit. Yeah, that's kind of throwing me off. It's you can see in the neck. Yeah, I think it makes it funnier. <laughs> Like, I think that, that sells me on it. <laughs> like, You mean that's a small guy in a muscle suit? Perfect. I'm going to watch this. It's a small this. kid inside an adult man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, careful. Uh, woo. Um, you know what I mean. Small kid inside an adult man. That creates some... Uh, some, some I didn't know you were my questions. therapist. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's... Uh, <laughs> That's 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 the the big sort of the movie and oh and also I did we talk about James Gunn doing Suicide Squad two last time? No. Uh, yes, I well no, but I heard about this too. Okay, uh, I read the news sometimes. I, yeah. I'd heard it, but uh, I didn't know if it. All I saw from post was rumored could be in talks, etc. Uh, is that locked in? James Gunn is writing Suicide Squad two. That's right. locked in. Holy shit! Uh, they are trying to court him for directing. Wow. Which would be fantastic, mm-hmm. and he's still off of Guardians yeah, Three, so right? That's, that's a yeah, great Disney's, fuck you to Disney. Disney decided yeah. that full blown, like they're not rehiring James Gunn. Switching so. camps, mm-hmm. which I love, it's a great steal. And I think that Suicide Squad is the the franchise that needs him, and I think it's the best one for him to be on. Yeah, talk um, about shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, Marvel. <laughs> I, I really, I, I think that he could do a lot with, um, with the Suicide Squad franchise. Absolutely. You know, it seems, it seems honestly more in line with his sensibilities than even Guardians was. Uh, well, it, it almost seemed like with the first Suicide Squad, which I actually enjoyed, mm-hmm. uh, just what? you know watching. But you're crazy. 
Well, opinions later. Uh, I enjoyed watching it. It was okay. fun to like, you know, see the characters come to life in that way. But I feel like that's what they were trying to land on when they were doing it was more of like a Guardians of the Galaxy style movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I did hear that there were like some massive rewrites, like when they tons reshooting, like, very everything. close to a lot of reshoots, a lot of rewrites, and and also they basically re-edited the entire movie. They had a a, right. a marketing company re-edit their movie. Right, they had the marketing company that like uh, that made put together their trailer. their trailer. Yeah, their re-edit their yeah. movie, yep. and I heard the tone was completely different before. But like it, when I saw the first trailer, I thought mm. like, oh sweet, this is going to be like kind trailer of like in the vein of yeah. Yeah, the Absolutely. first yeah the first trailer it was like dark and and kind of interesting and definitely like a sort of dirty dozen feel. Right. And then the second trailer it was like, no, just kidding, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Get it? Like pop songs. Ha 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 ha. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, and so I hope I think I think that ironically enough, I think James Gunn will bring them back to being further from Guardians of the Galaxy with their tone and and back into I think what it was originally supposed to be, which is a bit darker and a bit weirder and, and that is right pretty fucking ironic that yeah the, the, you want it to be more like Guardians well let's hire the Guardians director to make it less like Guardians yeah <laughs> and he'll fix it and I think I bet it'll work great yeah no I think I think he's a good writer and so that that'll be interesting and and of course like you know obviously never a good idea to tweet out some really insane crazy bad dumb jokes about no, pedophilia should, and you stuff. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. But also, I'm okay with the guy having a career after making some bad jokes, you know? Right. Like, I think, I don't know. I, I just, I think that, yeah. I agree. Bad choices, but <clears throat> kind of a harsh uh, reaction. Yeah, of course. Um, but anyway, uh, that's that's uh, that's a lot of the, the news that's going on in the uh, in the TV world. Um, there's There's probably comic stuff but i haven't really i've been flipping through pages of of comic book news and there's nothing that interesting that i've seen have so. you uh talked at all about the star trek stuff that's happening star trek stuff please fill me in Ooh. okay so do you know who's coming back to star trek this is like the biggest news ever if, Bill you, don't, if you don't know this i'm gonna be really surprised who's coming back to star trek da, 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 da. sir patrick stewart Oh, yeah, I haven't talked about that, but yes, yes. Is he a sir? Yeah, He's a uh, sir, right? Yeah, he's, he's a sir. sir. Yeah. Okay, I'm so glad I didn't just sir misquote him there. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's coming back. Jean-Luc Picard is back. I have the actual pleasure of being at the Star Trek Las Vegas convention. I thought you were going to say, I have the pleasure of being Jean-Luc Picard. Uh I, I would I've done I've done X I've done Professor X before for, uh, for cosplay and that went poorly. Uh, that's a terrible story. But um, yeah, I was there at the Las Vegas convention for Star Trek, and uh-huh. he was surprise appearance and just basically did a ten minute little story and said he's coming back. And they're giving him a show of some kind, and there've been pictures that have been posted out, and they're he's coming back, and it's. This is crazy. Along with, so there's the TV show that's current right now with Star Trek Discovery, and they're going into season the, two as the, of January. The, is it is uh, the one that he's coming back to Star Trek Discovery, or is it a completely? No. It's a completely new show, yeah, right? What's that called? New show. There's no title yet. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> but to me, this opens the Mysterious. door. Mysterious. And it, this, it's probably going to be taking place. Um, so the thing that went furthest down in this whole J.J. Abrams world of going back and to doing the kirk era stuff and mm-hmm. over and over and over the the last thing the, the the furthest down the timeline for star trek was nemesis 
And that was the last. That's right. The farthest yeah. point. And this, I think, is the first thing past that. Because even Discovery takes place before, before. the original Star Trek series. What about Deep Space Nine? Deep Space Nine takes place after Next Generation. Okay. Or well, during and after Next okay. Generation. Okay, got it. And then Voyager takes place during and after Deep Space Nine. Interesting. Right. But then Enterprise went back pre, pre, pre before the Kirk stuff to like the first ever right, right. warp capable warp five ship. I just watched it all. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a bit of a Star Trek fan, but uh, that's huge news that they uh, are doing two shows. They haven't done this since the 90s, mm-hmm. and right. that's a big deal that they're doing multiple shows. And they are doing a th- they've announced a third show is in the works. Uh, and it's an animated show, and right. this is the second animated show that they've ever done. Yeah, the original one was like very, um, very yes. interesting. But here's where it gets a little crazy. Okay, uh, I've heard that, and this is where my ability to retain names and connections to Jason fails miserably. But <laughs> they are going to be doing a comedy animated series yes. for Star Trek. For Star Trek, yes. and it's what? going to be somehow related to some people that. Work on Rick and Morty. Oh, Dan Harmon? I don't know if it's Dan Harmon, but there's some people that are connected to it somehow, and it's going to be called Lower Decks. And so it's going to be about... Oh, uh, my God, (laughs) yes. The poop deck of Star Trek? Yes. Okay, I just sold them their name right there. (laughs) That's marketing 101 right there, guys. The poop deck of Star Trek. Hashtag it. Send it off. The poop deck of Star Trek. Okay, so, uh, so I'm ninety percent as always about this stuff. This is what I've heard. Ooh, got a little eerie. Got a little sound effects going. A little atmosphere here. Um, Jason, can <laughs> you okay, confirm yeah. how much how much of this have I said is true? Because yeah, no, it's 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 all true. Um, the the writer uh, that they hired is Mike McMahon, who is a writer on uh, Rick and Morty. Um, but yeah, it's the half-hour series titled Star Wars Lower, or Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, you're gonna piss some people off. If you I say know that. Star Wars Lower Decks coming uh, soon, and we'll tackle postquel near you. <laughs> yeah, the support crew, the support crew serving on one of the Starfleet's least important ships. <laughs> Man, That's fucking amazing. <laughs> this literally though. This kind of the only thing that sucks about this. This sounds exactly like a comic that I wrote like two years ago that I never drew called Space Crew Thirteen. Oh boy! Yeah, it was like The Office, but but uh, you can wait a bummer. Press. I mean, I could beat them to press. I just have to draw really fast. But well, if uh, you need to make a pitch, we have made two pitches now to WB. <laughs> so um, no, but that's I mean that sounds dope. That's exactly what I I want to see. I think and we have to thank Orwell. Is that the name of the show? The Orville. Orville. Orville, yeah. Orville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, to me, did a... I think set the tone for this. And well, also, Murray, like, Disenchanted, which just came out. Oh, yeah. Matt Groening's show. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is fantastic. Uh, I completely disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> I know you do. But nobody cares about your opinion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Disenchanted is great. Is but it also set the tone ever. for, like, sci-fi, fantasy, comedy, animated... Whatever. It set the tone. It just came out. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Ken. Shut up. I have a friend who worked on Disenchanted. I haven't watched it yet, but because I have a friend who worked on it, I bet it's fantastic. Two against one. Two against one. (laughs) He hasn't watched it. He doesn't count. It counts uh, even less than mine. uh, We're taking over your show. You don't count anymore, Jason. In in Sir Patrick Stewart-related news, Uh which we were talking about Silicon Valley before, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, on Instagram, 
and this is just a nice little nugget for like anybody who wants to go see it. I love it. Is uh, Patrick Stewart and uh, Thomas Middleditch, uh, Richard oh. from. Uh, they are super good friends. Yeah, they and they Richard got into an Silicon Instagram Valley. feud, and nice. it was fantastic. And Thomas Middleditch threw the first punch. And then oh Patrick Stewart comes back with like hashtagging him uh, Thomas Middlebitch. Nice. I can't wow. even go into all of it, but you have to go look it up. It's oh, like I've got to. fairly recent, so you'll be able to find That's it. That's one of my favorite random friendships in Hollywood. It's is, so is funny. Thomas Middlebitch and Patrick Stewart being really I good found friends. it organically, and I was like, how are you guys like. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you meet? Yeah. What did you talk about? <laughs> like, yeah. Like a Star Trek convention or something? You like, know, apparently they met at some there. Hollywood party and, like, started talking or something like that. And then they ended up at another party and Patrick Stewart, like, approached Thomas Middleditch and be like, Oh, thank God you're here. I don't know anyone else here. And so they, like, attached himself to Thomas Middleditch for the rest what? of the night. That so then they ended up, like, is adorable. Yeah, so they ended up I doing, like, it. game nights together and stuff like that afterward. And, yeah. Love it. So totally I have a crazy. funny, embarrassing story from that Star Trek convention. Please. Uh, so I was at on the floor. It's Compared to any comic convention, it's really small. But it's awesome. It's Star Trek, and you get to see a bunch of actors and stuff if you like doing that sort of thing. And right. It's fun to see them there, but I don't know what I would go up and have a conversation at a table it just seems awkward anyways <laughs> uh i was browsing through some merch or whatever and this older guy uh is next to me and I, i'm looking at this huge throwback poster thing or whatever and he's like hey how's it going and i'm like what the f-? and it was just like i don't want to talk and i wasn't trying to be antisocial. leave me alone but it was like uh I, yeah okay uh-huh yeah having a good day or whatever and he's like what's your name and introduces himself i he's like oh my name's leonard who are you and i'm like oh i'm kent hey how's it going and uh-huh right well, all right and then i'm just trying to like end the conversation he's like so you having a good time here etc cetera, etc cetera. and just me i wasn't like pissed or anything it just i don't know how to describe it i was just not into it at that exact moment. like having a conversation. Yeah, I just didn't feel like having a conversation. I was browsing for stuff, etc. And then I'm like, all right, well, you have a great day. And he was the nicest guy ever. And I wasn't a dick, but I was just trying to end it as fast as possible and walk away. We didn't know each other. Later, I see him on Instagram, and it's Leonard Malton, I believe is his name. He's a critic. (laughs) Yeah, and I was just... All right. I'm like, okay, uh, one of the biggest movie critics ever. and big deal. He was like the nicest guy ever. Uh, Couldn't be a bigger fan and just having the blast, ear-to-ear grin, and just talking to some random people about... And then then he went on to his website, and he saw about how he wrote about how Disenchanted is a really good show. (laughs) (laughs) And how Disenchanted young Star Trek fans are about the conventions. (laughs) Is it Disenchanted or is it Disenchantment? Same thing, man. (laughs) You're probably right. I think it might be Disenchantment. Uh, Disenchantment. But, you know, same thing. Same thing. Um, Anyways, that was an embarrassing story of how I met Leonard Malton. (laughs) And uh, that's great. Great stuff. I love it. I love it. Um, I have actually found some uh, some new news while we've been talking. Uh, new news, or at least some this news is breaking. That we haven't... This is breaking. Uh, yeah, at least we have stuff that we haven't talked about. Yeah, like how new? Because if it's not, if it's more than two minutes, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you don't want to fucking hear it. Well, uh, sad to say, I never have any news that's really hot off the presses. <laughs> um, so AMC has has done a couple of interesting things. Yes, uh, AMC is starting to do original movies. Mm-hmm. Um, AMC the Whoa. network, and they're they're swinging for the fences. With swinging the first for the fences. One. So have you have you heard what's been going on with the Walking Dead? 
Kent? Uh, I thought maybe I heard something about a major top cast member leaving the show. That's you I did I, hear and, that. Yeah, did yeah. Hear that. So the 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 last episode that they were in was crazy because like they're getting chased by these zombies and they ride off on a white horse and before they leave they turn around and say, "Just disenchantment's a great show." Yeah, it's kind of crazy. That's the, that's what I heard. That's <laughs> uh, what I heard. <laughs> no, so so spoiler alert. Obviously, for anyone who hasn't watched Walking Dead and, and kept up, but you've probably heard by now. Uh, yeah, Rick Grimes, uh, Andrew Lincoln left the show. It's crazy. And what season are they on now? Uh, nine, I think. Yeah, I think they're on season shit. nine. Uh, however, uh, hot he, off the presses, hot off the presses as of a week ago, probably. Uh, he is returning to the role of of Rick Grimes in a series of movies for AMC. Multiple, I I believe, yeah. is what the the news was, right? What? Yep. They're going to do multiple uh, Rick Grimes Walking Dead movies. So is that like a power move? What happened there? That's I think it was just AMC being like, yo, we want to make some movies. And you'll see, I think a theme will be established with the next thing I'm going to talk about. Um, yes. I think it's also because... getting press for more a reason to watch Walking Dead is to see him leaving. Also, yeah, see him leaving and also just like take this franchise in, into a even more profitable area. And that's also why Scott Gimple, who was the showrunner, is now the content chief of all the entire Walking Dead franchise. Right. And Jesus. so now they have a different showrunner. Um, which I think she's actually a better choice for a showrunner. It seems that the new Walking Dead season is getting much better reviews than the last few have. Um, but Scott Gimple is now the head of content for The Walking Dead, um, or the chief content, whatever, fuck. Uh, and so I think this was one of those things that he stepped up to do, is is to oversee some feature developments. Um, and I think it's, yeah, three big budget feature-length TV movies. So these aren't like regular TV movie type things. These are probably like $100 million movies. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Or do you think they're going to be doing theatrical releases? Uh, maybe. Who knows? They'll probably do, like, select theatrical They'll probably releases. do, yeah, like what Netflix is doing, where they'll put it out sort of, you know, with a small run, and then, but for the most part, it'll be on AMC. Uh, however, in a uh, similar announcement, uh, they put out that a Breaking Bad movie from Vince Gilligan is in the works. <laughs> About and this. get a load of the the idea for this one. This I one, don't know the, I don't know anything about the idea. This one is uh, centered around. Uh, so Aaron Paul is coming back as uh, Jesse. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> um, Science. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> basically so. It's said to follow the escape of a kidnapped man and his quest for freedom. Uh, that's that's all they've really said about it so far. I think. I think they may have confirmed that it is about Jesse after the the Breaking Bad Got franchise ends. Yeah, yeah. I th- that's what I, th- I just vaguely know that. But yeah, so Jesse Pinkman's back. That's crazy. Uh, I watched all of Breaking Bad. I've seen at least two seasons. Whatever's on Netflix, I better call Saul. So mm-hmm. Maybe I think there's three seasons. Maybe. Uh, I, I love that series. Season, yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, so wow, AMC is mining Swinging their the own content. Yeah. For, I think it's great to go back to their their base to mm-hmm. establish a pattern of like, hey, we can make this stuff. And right, obviously, yeah. it's right. almost like guaranteed. The only the only uh, the only thing missing from that announcement is a, a Mad Men uh, movie. Oh, you're right. <laughs> but I doubt that'll happen since Matthew Weiner's over at Amazon now. And um, what are they going to yeah. do with Don Draper, dude? You know he could he could come back and be a suave sociopath. He's just doing. Like, mm, he's it's yeah. just about him doing yoga now. Yeah, exactly. He's just you know he's really 
He's just enjoying living his best life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's happening. Uh, Grant Morrison also had a little bit of news. Wait, who's that? Oh yeah, he's this guy. Bald. <laughs> uh, he uh, he inked an overall deal with uh, Universal Cable Productions, which is the what? same place that Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick have their deal. Uh, and I believe, God, there's one other comic book writer that also has an overall deal there. Um, but they, uh, the deal is to a adapt the Invisibles for TV, okay, Ooh. which I'm fucking stoked for. Um, they're also the studio that that uh, produced Happy. Um, he oh. is also adapting oh. Brave New World. What? So we're a TV what? adaptation of Brave New World. Yeah. What? That interesting. Very interesting. Lots, lot happening out there in the world of comic-y pop culture news yeah man it's uh very interesting i'm i'm glad that first off TV i'm glad for, for grant on being in charge of that is he like show running or is he just like a writer uh he's writing i i don't think he's a show well I, I mean he he could end up being like a co-showrunner because i think he's co-writing brave new world with um with somebody else uh yeah let's see so it's grant morrison and brian taylor uh who are co-writing this um uh brave new world um that's super interesting i mean he's an amazing writer i'm hot and cold with him but it's he could easily do knock that out of the park absolutely absolutely and i think um it's funny because this apparently this was like announced a long time ago that he was doing uh brave new world just not the exclusive thing um yeah um finish whatever you're about to go through but I'd, i'd like to piggyback to seeing like what is this deal that everybody's got so overall where deals, do i get it over yeah i know <laughs> overall deals are basically uh a deal that hey whatever you produce goes through us um and we will pay you a lot of money for that you also have things like a first look deal which is a little less money but it means that whatever you produce uh they get the first option of adapting it or buying it and then if they pass then other people can shop it i have heard of that but how does that affect their comics work is oh, comics is totally more, different. Yeah, okay, the over the overall deal the overall deal is for whatever you put out. Uh, we get you know like you can put out your comics or whatever, and you totally own them. Um, but if you know if you're looking to adapt them, the new ones at least I think, um, and it maybe it's just totally unaffected. But I believe that the new comics you put out, if they're yours, if they're fully owned by you, that that uh, then they would get the first option of it or, or the ability to do it. Um, or at least they would automatically secure the rights for it. So this is different mm-hmm. than the the Mark Millar deal with yeah, because because Mark bought out their his yeah because that that wasn't an overall deal that was just Netflix buying his company um, and then putting him in charge of that division of their company. Um, but it is basically the same deal that Robert Kirkman has at Amazon, um, oh. and so all the new stuff that Kirkman puts out is is uh, over at Amazon. Um, and it's it's the same deal that that uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fraction have at Universal, which you know, so Universal is is the company that owns the rights for Sex Criminals and Bitch Planet and Pretty Deadly and all those Fraction and DeConnick comics. Hmm. Um, and so yeah, it's it's basically a deal where they're like, yo, we'll pay you a shit ton of money to to be able to own your your ideas for adaptation. You know, you still own the comic, but if you want to adapt it for however long the the contract is, then it goes through us. Um, you know, or rather, if we want to adapt it yeah. during that time, we can. Right. That's a, sounds like it's great for everybody. It is. Kind of it is, and that's why people sign these deals. You know, and it's it's become more and more common in the last like three or four years for comic book creators to get this kind of deal. 
Um, usually, you know, you've got to kind of have to be someone like Miller or Morrison or Kirkman or someone like that who's put out a lot of stuff before yeah, right, you've got that kind of deal. Right. Other than that, you know, it's more common for people to get like a first look uh, or even just get a lot of options from a lot of different places. Um, as most, I think, comic book creators who are dealing in adaptations, most people, it's just like, yeah, they get, you know, one offer from here, one offer from here, one offer from here, and they just keep working that way, like Warren Ellis has. Um, with Warren Ellis, he, uh, I think Universal, the same company, owns the or, or holds the rights for Injection, and then a different company holds the rights for Trees, and then I think Warner still holds the rights for Transmet, um, and things like that. And so, you know, it's it's all a different approach, but the nice thing for Morrison on this is like, yeah, it's a crazy good paycheck to basically just be like, yeah, you guys can adapt my works if you want to right. for this period of time. That's, that's absolutely incredible. It's great. Yeah. And it's good because it's about fucking time that Morrison, you know, does something big in TV because it took so long. Like the invisibles was supposed to be a movie back around the time of the matrix. I remember hearing about that. Like mm-hmm. when like Grant Morrison was moving into movies and I was like, Holy crap, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And, and then, like, I, I don't remember anything ever coming of that. Yeah, and it was because, basically, The Matrix swept the rug out from under him. Because The Matrix uh, whole, like, whole cloth stole a bunch of ideas from The Invisibles. Right, but right. Uh, Morrison couldn't really do anything about that because Warner owned the adaptation rights to The Invisibles and stuff. And, so, and they also own The Matrix. And so it was like, they're not technically stealing anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it's That's just like crazy. one of those things, um, because there are lines of dialogue that are like literally ripped out of the invisibles word for word, word wow. for word. Yeah. That's um, crazy. As well as concepts and stuff. But, uh, it's, it's, it's super interesting. Um, but I'm glad and like happy was awesome. Um, and I think the invisibles is great as a TV show. And obviously doom patrol is about to have a big impact. It was very <laughs> exactly. strongly based on Morrison's work. Um, well with Fraser and Tidal, like, yeah, Totally, man. How could you not? Yeah. And and freaking uh, Umbrella Academy, Gerard Way's comic is very Grant Morrison inspired. Oh, yeah. Gerard Way himself is very Grant Morrison inspired. That was really good. Yeah. And it's Love it's it. about to come out on Netflix uh, next year, so. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So I, I, I'm glad that Morrison's having his, his kind of time in the sun, in the mainstream sun, you know? Yeah. Right. He's still making tons of great royalties off of Arkham Asylum, but... Uh, <laughs> But I, I, on to your point before, I think Warren Ellis is really due for that. Definitely. And I think it's about to happen with him. I mean, he did create Castlevania, the Netflix series. If I never um, get to see Transmetropolitan on screen, I'm going to be really pissed. Definitely. No, I, there are a lot of Warren Ellis properties that I'm like, oh, please show me. Like, let, let me see that. Global and Frequency is one of them. And I want Grant Morrison to play Spider-Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's really good. It's good casting. That is really good casting. Yeah, no, I, I'd love it's that. It's my dream. Grant Morrison did play a supervillain in um, uh, My Chemical Romance's music videos for a while. Did Perf- he? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in the, uh, in the movie, music videos from Danger Days, he was uh, the main villain in their music videos. I didn't like, I wasn't like a follower of their music videos. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, I've heard like the the bangers. <laughs> I've heard the, the top hits. I, li- I like My Chem. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, well he's like a creative powerhouse yeah like, he with really the is. music the comics um, yeah yeah he's awesome yeah and he's he's very involved in the tv show as well um anyway and then the the last thing that i have really here is that uh, netflix is doing some uh, anime adaptations or or at least anime shows within the worlds of pacific rim and also altered carbon they've done a great job with that so far I'm like, um, <laughs> no comment. Death Note, 
Well, no. So these aren't live action shows. These are these are oh. taking live action properties and adapting them into anime. Redacted. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I take it back. Um. Mm. <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of down with it. I hate yeah, Pacific that could be Rim. Cool. You hate uh, Pacific Rim, okay? And uh, well, this is Netflix we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, whatever. And Alter Carbon. That was I that was Del Toro. First episode, and it was a little tough tough for me. Uh, do you guys watch that? Altered Carbon. I watched the first. I watched the first episode, and I was a little bored. But I'm actually. I've been really wanting to go back into it. I heard it gets really, really good. It looks like intriguing. It mm-hmm. just. I like cyberpunk shit for sure. Oh yeah, I, it, who doesn't want it? Blade Runner, all that stuff. Like it's it's a great uh, genre, but it mm-hmm. just it just was failing to grab me. But I have heard that it was really good. I've had many people tell me to check it out, but I tried and it was a little tough. So telling me that there's animated anime versions of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll see, but um, <laughs> with anime though, there there could be something there that's uh, that's super cool, and interesting. And an anime version of Pacific Rim would probably be intriguing because who doesn't like anime robot stuff? Like that's great. Yeah, yeah guys. Yeah, get some Gundam, get some Evangelion. Yeah, and right. I, I think I think a, an anime version of Altered Carbon would be fucking dope. I'd yeah. be super down yeah. for that. Let's just um, cut the originals and go straight to the anime version. Yeah, no, I'm I'm also down for the the uh, original because the the next season of Altered Carbon, Anthony Mackie is is uh, starring. Um, uh, for the guy with terrible names, who that? He's Falcon. Oh, that's oh, right. yep, yeah, okay, okay. And so he's because the the nice thing in Altered Carbon is that you can always change your body, so they can just have a new star every season. That's great. So right. He's he's playing uh, uh, um, Kinnaman, yeah, just in a new body. So I'm I'm interested to see that I'm I'm I, I want to finish the first season and and follow that show because it does seem pretty up my alley, but yeah that's 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 the that's the big news this this week fellas, that's a lot. <laughs> I, just I, I feel week. like I got to go home and like process. All I know this. I'm, I my brain's trying to decompress <laughs> this while we're talking. I'm like I am kind of wow overwhelmed here. Yeah. So much to talk about. I knew about some of it, but you also slapped me on the face with some shit that I didn't know. <laughs> mostly news to me which is how it usually is we're out of the loop always yeah, this man. is where we come to get our news as being on a show where people tell us the news yeah i like this. actually can we can we make a new show out of this where you just tell us what's going <laughs> just tell on you the news yeah and then we could be like what <laughs> yeah no it's 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 been an interesting week uh there's a bunch of like little stuff like fucking uh disney is um uh or sorry not disney dc is like re-releasing a bunch of their classic graphic novels like on the black label line so now watchmen is like in the black label line and dark knight returns is and stuff just as a weird brand oh, thing sweet um you know it's interesting yeah 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 fun it's it's a uh, you know it's like okay i guess i i personally like i think that the the trade dressing and the cover on the watchmen one that they're doing for the new release kind of sucks um i like the uh-huh. classic watchmen look of just the smiley face with the, the blood big, and the yeah. letters on the top i think big the, yellow the best cover they've ever had for it yeah um and so with the black label that. yeah with the black label trade dress i'm like yeah yeah doesn't look as good they chose a different cover and stuff um but uh, they've got the new logo uh, i'm sure yeah or the black label logo yeah anything's better than the eight issues and a new 52 logo the sticker oh, the, yeah the page turn sticker thing yeah that and, was oh uh, that was the worst. When I had the comic shop and that had come about a year after we opened, I'm like, this is what I'm, I have to live with now. 
put it right in the garbage can. Yeah. Yeah, that was the worst logo. I'm super glad that with Rebirth, they, they changed their logo. And and right back to goodness. Just that new logo is great. It's a, it's a wonderful logo. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, man. I That's 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 everything. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any like fucking movies that came out recently. Did you see the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, either of you? I have not yet, but it looks really good. And in that same vein, uh, Rocket Man looks superb. Rocket Man looks crazy. It looks Rocket awesome. Man looks amazing. And I'm not a big fan of that actor because I'm not a big fan of Kingsman. Guy, I'm just going to divide. Yeah, Turn I'm just gonna, I love just him. Cut that I like him a lot. Audience, I'm just going to love him. Uh, non-popular opinion over here, but that's because I didn't like the the movies, which whatever. But uh, he seems like he could be him. a great actor and from the trailer I saw, holy shit, Rocketman looks, looks bonkers. It looks perfect. It looks insane. The actually the director of Rocketman was the one who finished Bohemian Rhapsody because Brian Singer like quit in the middle of production. Oh, really? Whoa. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. That makes more sense. That's now. why the trailer is attached to Bohemian Rhapsody because that guy wasn't able to get director credit because Singer had shot so much of the movie. Um mm. but uh yeah, so he 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 basically finished Bohemian Rhapsody after Singer left and then just went right into Rocket Man. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow, he's warmed up. Well, he's got a wheelhouse, yeah, apparently. Exactly. I know, seriously. <laughs> uh, I, I did see Bohemian. Did you? Uh, I did see Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. I, I thought it was tame. It was it was entertaining, and the music was what carried the movie, you know? Like, obviously, if you're listening to Queen, you're not going to have a terrible time. Yeah. Uh, but it was just... It, everything felt super contrived, and there didn't feel like there was that much dramatic tension, and what tension there was was diffused almost immediately, and... You know, it just it, it felt like a movie that was uncomfortable with making you uncomfortable. That's kind of like it seems par for the course because like that's kind of how it felt with um, Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, like it was like the thing that's carrying this movie is like it's really interesting to see these people that I know, and it was really fun to see like um, them reborn and yeah, by the actors and, and the music. they did a really good job. Yeah. And yeah, like the music and even some of the stuff that it was happening at the time, but yep. the movie didn't quite have like the punch, uh, plot wise to like carry it through to the end. I agree. No, it wasn't. And that's the thing with a lot of these, a lot of these biopics that center around people who are still alive, who then, you know, by necessity are almost always executive producers on the film. Right. There ends up they end up just going way too tame uh, and and really just like making it into kind of a puff piece. Um, you know, I think Straight Out of Compton was had a little bit easier of a time doing some tension, but still felt like a puff piece. It was just that they made Easy E look like a douche, you know, like the whole time because <laughs> Easy E was the one who wasn't alive Absolutely, to ensure yeah. that. Uh, but it's like Dr. Dre and Ice Cube both I, just look like cool dudes throughout the entire thing you know i've seen it like a number of times and i i yeah. always every time i watch it i feel like the movie should end after the um when they play the show and people start a riot and they yeah. get into the cop car and everybody's like laughing like i feel the movie should end right there it's not a bad idea um yeah and so i i think that this definitely had a similar uh problem to straight out of compton and i think it was worse here where it's just like the entire movie me for Bohemian Rhapsody because the entire movie it's like bad things will happen and things will happen that like really create some conflict in the characters you know but then any real like immediate conflict feels like it just immediately gets resolved you mm -hmm. know before you have the mm -hmm. chance to sit in it and revel in it and, and feel uncomfortable with it um I just uh because I, I saw it and I enjoyed it it definitely was missing tension yeah uh, but it 
it moved so quickly from like moment to moment and the time was just flying rapidly mm-hmm. that I was having a hard time. I think half the time I'm trying to play catch up. I'm just trying to figure yeah. out when yeah. is this taking place. And right. so it's kind of distracting me from analyzing things. Mm-hmm. And then when you're playing that much music of music, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like it's, as you said, hard to have a bad time. Yeah. It's hard to have a bad And so you enjoy watching Who doesn't it? love Queen? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so you enjoy watching it. And like that last 15 minutes where it's the performance at Live Aid, like really cool you know it, it was you really feel it and i love i think it was probably my favorite part and most people's favorite parts and for me i wasn't actually familiar with that performance mm-hmm. so i was hooked i was that was like oh i didn't know this was so big and yeah i didn't know that they happening. were they hadn't been together for a while and they yeah. just like thrown it all in on the line this is cool right yeah but yeah the tent there could have definitely been more tension towards that performance of mm-hmm. even because he uh and that's the problem is with these dramatic accusations of the stuff i don't know how accurate the the thing is but they're like oh he's he hasn't sung in a while so his voice is bad i feel like they could have dragged that out a lot more like just showing more scenes where he's fucking up definitely yeah and and, i mean and that's the thing is like they so wanted to get to the you know relief moments the moments where you're like yeah this feels great they Mm -hmm. they really wanted to rush into those that anytime it didn't feel great it felt like they were just like all right we gotta we gotta get past this so we can get back into the moment where they're like oh yeah queen music um <laughs> they undersold the drama yeah and and it, and it, again it felt fine it's just like if you really wanted to tell like a, a dramatic movie about the struggle of queen you know and, right. and the tension behind the success then you really could have done a lot more there absolutely and, there were so know, many points that they could have just really drove home yeah just they, spend a little more time there but you they're know? just kind of like touching on them scratching the surface and yeah. then it's resolved instantaneously as he yeah says. There, like, there's there's only oh, one hey. conflict that they really revel in for a little bit you know it's, it's sort of like when freddie mercury leaves the band mm-hmm. they revel in that a bit uh where they really show you like you know how his life kind of goes you know downward and stuff like that and, and really let you feel it but it also never quite feels like it's it's all over you know like it, it always right. kind of you kind of know that it's about to resolve and not in the way of like we all know the history of queen but like just in a way of like yeah, this doesn't this doesn't feel like he's really like doomed, you know, um, which is funny for a guy who's you know we know is dead to not feel like he's doomed. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel that either. Um, and there, you know, yeah, and and there were just I th- yeah, it, it felt a little tame, but it was fun and and good. I'll enough. still see it for sure. Yeah, and there were there were a few things it's like there watch. there are definitely a lot of things in that movie that aren't I think historically accurate. Like he didn't tell the band that he had AIDS until long after the live aid performance. Right. Um, and, and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, but, and, and that was actually, oh, it, spoilers, man. I know <laughs> that part of it was actually a good reminder for me though. Uh, I'm writing something right now that is based on true events and, and it's sometimes a good reminder that like dramatically sometimes the best decision to make, or sometimes it's okay to make a decision that is not true to history but is right. true to the spirit of history y- yeah yeah you know, um even the though truth get in the way of a good story you're trying trying yeah you're trying to tell the story uh, yeah and tell the emotional like truth tell the word for word or like event for event factual timeline yeah yeah exactly it's as long as the the spirit of truth is there and the intent is there and 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 you know everything is spiritually true then then that's the same because otherwise right. you make a documentary you know right yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, You're just reenacting like events that actually happened. Yeah, and, and it so. gives many people things to bitch about when they're like, "That's not how it went." Yeah, down. exactly. Which is always honestly nothing but good for your film. Because oh, that's exactly. the best part. Yeah, yeah it's this everyone. is how it actually happened. Yeah, and it, and it allows this whole sub uh, genre of people making like true to life, you know, books and shit like that that are a response to your 
movie like that it just sells more tickets <laughs> um, <laughs> because then they tell their friends and all like the yeah, history and everyone has like, to know about no it. way yeah. i'm gonna see it yeah exactly it's, i it's, can't believe they did that you should go see this <laughs> yeah thing. yeah i'm gonna go be mad at it too <laughs> <laughs> the only thing it didn't work for was steve jobs and that was because there was like five other steve jobs movies right before it so they all came out the, there was the ashton kutcher one there's the ashton kutcher one there there's was like one. a justin long one there's there two. was there was uh, a justin long wait. one yeah but it was like kind of a comedy thing i hadn't what? even heard of this yeah one. it was like a web original i think it was like college humor or someone like that put it out uh, okay um there was like That's... two other like low budget ones and there was like some sort of like do- unauthorized documentary in the sort one and then, and then the of course one. Yeah. yeah um yeah a lot of people like making movies about steve jobs uh but the sorkin one's the best one for sure without a doubt with so just Michael go see Fassbender. That one. Yeah, just go see. It. I th- I do think that like cuz that movie it didn't like bomb, but Steve Jobs didn't do well theatrically. It was just different. It was a different kind of movie and I think that people mm-hmm. like didn't really know how to handle that yeah. or like it didn't quite get the traction that it, it was also it wasn't heavily marketed either. It, that I think that's what really killed it is it wasn't heavily marketed. People it came so quickly off the back of the Ashton Kutcher one that people kind of thought right. it was the same thing. Right. Uh and and yeah, the, the marketing was terrible on it, and it, it came out at a weird time around the holidays. Right. Um, and it was just, yeah, it, it was just overshadowed in, in as many ways as it could have been. But I th- like that movie is super worth a watch. Um, it's very contained. It's very focused. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and and Fastbender's performance and and Seth Rogen and and um, shit. What her name? What's her name? She's Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Um, or was it Winslet? Kate, Kate Winslet. Winslet is his uh, assistant, right? Yeah, Kate Winslet, yeah. and she she was fantastic in the movie, um, as she always the is. performance. Yeah, the performance from every actress that played his daughter, um, as well as um, who played uh, Chris Ann? Fassman. Oh, who? Chris Ann, his uh, his his uh, baby mama. Oh, what's her name? That that lady. Her name. Who's Jason uh, fails in a, a name? Serious she actor. is. She's a serious actor with a lot of accolades. I'm it's sure a her. lot of nominations. Uh, she's it's, the best. She's Everybody just, knows her. She's, she did a great fucking job, and that's why I feel so bad for. Uh, I'm blanking on it too. So like, I'm bad at all it. names, so I don't have to feel bad. It, about you can't even remember your own name half the time. Exactly. Catherine Waterston, who is also in Fantastic Beasts and Inherent Vice and Aliens. That's right. Okay. Yep. 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 And mid '90s. She's in mid '90s. God, I need to see that. Is that out now? It's out. Mid-90s is out. Freaking Overlord is out. There's a lot of movies I want to see. Jonah Hill's directorial debut, right? Yeah, and it looks good, man. That first trailer they put out. That trailer they put out got me fucking pumped. Absolutely. Yeah. Didn't he have a talking to from, like, Scorsese? He, like, had a little hangout with them. He was like, all right, you're going to kid. You're going to... They gave him a bunch of... You got the goods, kid. Yeah, you got the stuff. Now take your clothes off. <laughs> take your take your clothes off and show Marty the goods. You want to be a star, don't you? <laughs> so it's if like, you want to check out comics out loud, this yeah, is a there great you go. Example of our show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Actually, speaking of Martin Scorsese, I fucking oh. Last thing to talk about because we forgot about the last episode we recorded, which was supposed to come out like two weeks before it came out, and I suck at actually editing. Uh, and getting things out on time, but Chilling Adventures of Sabrina came out. The show I worked on for, uh, oh, for the, yes. last, the last yeah. year, right? Yeah, you're a guy. You have a job, and it's yeah. fantastic. Oh, Love it. Thank you so much. 
it's fun. so so I heard. Uh, am I allowed to give spoilers here? Sure, go ahead. So I heard that uh, the Church of Satan was really bummed about the Baphomet coming out of the the tree. Uh, it's actually about the statue. Um, oh, okay. more than it is that Baphomet, and I will not get into any specifics on this lawsuit because there is a lawsuit, and I do not want to say. You know, you're telling me everything say. with your silence right now. Uh. There, there is a lawsuit. The I'm Satanic Temple is suing Warner Brothers over the statue of Baphomet in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and that is all I will say, because I'm just stating facts. I'm just stating facts as they have been reported. All I want to say is that, like, for a religion that's really like the tenant is not supposed to care about anything, for them to be putting <laughs> up a stink about this is kind of weird. Like. Uh, that's all I have to it say. It has been a perplexing few days in the Sabrina world. I'll say that. Uh, the show is fantastic, though. The show's, the show's great. I'm super it. pleased with I it. I loved that they full-on did the Satan route. They didn't, like, sugarcoat it. They, they said Absolutely. Dark, they did the, was it Stark Lord? Yeah, Dark the, the Dark Lord, yeah. the Dark who Lord's is book. Satan. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, cool, who's this Dark Lord guy? And they're like... So Satan's coming by. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> that Dark Lord, huh? This, I'm like, is there just this a metaphor? Yeah, no, no. Literal, literal Satan. No, yeah. we mean the Dark Lord. Yeah, Satan's our That's main That's what the, the Church of Satan will tell you, too. Yeah. Like, they pitch you the Dark Lord, and then you're like, which one? And yeah. they're like, the Dark Lord! Capital T, yeah. the. <laughs> there, is a, there is kind of a, a fun thing about going to work every day and hearing Hail Satan being yelled through the, the halls from edit bays and stuff like that. Uh, well, that's, I, that's I, I do, Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm the one yelling it, but... <laughs> but no, it's, it's, a, it's a great show. I'm really pleased with it. Um, I, think that, I think that there are... I, th- I think if if anything, uh, this this show deserves a fucking Emmy nomination for its production design and costume design. Oh my god, um, it's fantastic! Yeah. Thankfully, you're, you're yeah. so you know no no horse in that race. Yeah, I have no horse in that race. I mean, yeah, if if, if it were up to me, I'd say we deserve an Emmy for every single category that there is. But but no, I, th- <laughs> I think that our show is is beautiful and and it does tell a, a really fantastic story and it goes to a lot of places that not a lot of shows go to. So. If you're curious, check it out. It's based on a really good comic. You should also read the comic. It was written by our showrunner. <laughs> <laughs> was that a pitch? Uh, sure. That's three pitches from Dude, three we got, we got some. We got ins at WB, <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. I know. I need an in at WB. I, I don't know anyone there. Not working on this Sabrina show. Uh, I don't know how I would meet anyone at Warner Brothers. Um no, but it, honestly, the comic is fantastic. It's one of my favorite horror comics of all time. And, and I had that opinion. You can actually listen back on the show. I had that opinion before I ever even n- knew that the show was being made and or was working on it. So there's proof. There's there's proof. It's it's proof. on MP3 file. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the, the show's fantastic. And so if you're if, if you dig it, you know, l- I still just know. love that they took. Archie and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and they were like, "Let's make a gritty, let's make them fucked up, crazy reboot of <laughs> yeah. this." Actually, speaking of Riverdale, an episode just dropped last week. Uh, you can watch a lot of these episodes for free on the CW app. You don't need a cable provider to sign in. It's really cool, actually. Is this show sponsored by CW? We're it's doing, not. We're doing but a really good job. Of are plugging. you sponsored by CW? Well, so there there was an episode this season that I had been anticipating for so long because Riverdale shares our offices. Uh, this I think it's episode four of season three called The Midnight Club, and it is Riverdale's okay. version of The Breakfast Club, 
It's set in the 80s. <laughs> what? It's set in the 80s, so all the main cast plays their characters at Riverdale High. Oh, my play, plays God. Their parents. The original cast plays their parents at Riverdale High. Uh, the title card is like an homage to, um, oh, what was it, Alyssa Milano, Saved by the Bell? Or, yeah, well, Alyssa Milano wasn't in it, but it, the title card is an homage to Saved by the Bell. There's a bunch of like great 80s music in it. They play D&D, or G&G, as they say in that show. Oh. Goblins <laughs> and Gargoyles or something. Uh <laughs> And uh, it's 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 an amazing episode. Like honestly, that I'd, sounds wonderful. I was hearing it like as they were like cutting in the music and editing the episode for like months. I was I was you know hearing all this stuff go on, uh, and then finally to see it like out in the open, it was like oh this is so good. Um, so if even if you've never watched a Riverdale episode before, you should watch uh, the Midnight Club. It's it's great. It's so good. Dang, I'm, I'm so, gonna watch I that tonight. Yeah, I fell in love with it so much tonight. Just seeing all these characters playing their parents is the best. Um, they have just big '80s hair, and they're dressing up in costumes, playing D D and stuff. Like it's, it's I'm, I'm really sold. cool. Yeah, I love it. I love my G and G. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Goblins, gargoyles, man. They gotta, they gotta beat the gargoyle king. I. Uh, but yeah, so that's 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 all the things that I think that, that covers all. I, of that's a lot so of fucking up, things. I'm so dude. updated. Yeah. I think I'm that's updated for the stuff. rest of the year. <laughs> I'm good through 2018. Yeah, no, we're we'll be we'll be golden. We'll be golden, pony boy. Um, yeah, but uh, make sure you check out. Make sure you check out uh, our Instagram at Savageland Podcast, our Twitter at Savageland Pod. Check out me on Instagram at that might or no on Instagram at a white kid and uh, on Twitter at that might be cool. Um, and then check out Comics Out Loud on uh, on Instagram. Yes, come on and watch our videos. Absolutely, we're halfway through the coming of Galactus. The coming of Galacticus. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's okay. That that this 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 audio recording won't come out for a week. So there's probably a bunch of news that we don't have. I, I you know. <laughs> well, I don't we'll know if we're gonna be that far by then. No, but but well, whatever. Ways, we'll do our best. But yeah, no. Ch- seriously, check it out. It's it's such a fun time. It's it's the funniest thing involving the Fantastic Four that I've ever seen. We, and that, <laughs> that's well, that, setting that's, the bar pretty low, there, friend. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's some pretty ridiculous Fantastic Four stuff out there. Yeah, that's have you true. watched the Rise of the Silver Surfer? That movie is hilarious. <laughs> there's the TV yeah. This shows. version is a lot funnier. Yeah, yeah. There's exactly. the, the Roger Corman movie, actually, also it, hilarious. Exactly. Which the guy this ties it in. The guy who edited that Riverdale episode I was just talking about also worked on uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. I've wow. never even heard of this. What is this? Oh, this is a it was a movie that underground. Well, not, it was a movie that Roger Corman made literally so that this company, Constantine Films, could maintain the rights for Fantastic Four, and so they did the bare minimum required oh, to no. make a movie and, about the Fantastic Four and didn't release it. Well, they they, they released it like to what one released theater? it just enough, but you can watch it. It's it's available, and it's garbage. It's it's it it's is, something. It's something. I haven't seen it. I've wanted to see it. I'm desperate to see it. It 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 plays like a movie that was made to maintain the rights. <laughs> this sounds exactly like our Instagram channel. <laughs> we we maybe we need to <laughs> mine for some content. <laughs> yeah, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. This yeah, thing actually that'd be good. Ooh. that would be good. I'm already planning on watching it with a bunch of friends. I just need to bring my mics. They bring wow. and you guys. There you go. <laughs> we're, we're sold. It's a date. <laughs> all right. Anyway, well. thank you all for uh, listening. We always appreciate. And uh, you know, if you could leave those ratings and reviews on iTunes, that'd be great. Uh, there are some changes in the structure of the show coming. Uh, I will uh, let y'all know about that in a future episode. Um, just a couple, a couple of switcheroos happening, a couple of little little things. But uh, that's that's to talk about at a future time. 
Um, but once again, we thank you and hope you've enjoyed your time in the Savage Land. cool.com. You never know.